Rolling. Is that the Rolling. right term? Uh, I think it's only with video. I was going to say, I think that's because then the, the film is like doing its thing, right? Anyways, it doesn't yeah, even yeah, matter. Sure. Well, welcome to Moody Bros. <laughs> oh, that did not I'm, sound good. Anyway. <clears throat> no, it's great. I'm kind of actually, I just realized I'm all jacked up right now on the uh, hydroxy cut. And oh, that's what I want to talk about. Not that, but the other stuff. Anyways, okay, go on. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Uh, we, 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 welcome to the show. My name is uh, Rachel Rangel. Rangel, I'm, Rachel, I'm Rachel Riley. Okay, we I, did that. Yeah, we did. It it makes me like, so I was just over at my neighbor's house and I was telling her that I had to record and then I was going to tell her that Rachel and I have a date. But then if you didn't know that I have another, that I have a podcast with you, it would sound weird. Like, wow, she's talking in the third person, mm. but I'm not, I'm referring to you. So. Or that you talk to, like, you know, you talk to yourself. That reminds me of that meme with Squidward where it's, like, him. It's, like, two Squidwards sitting at a table looking annoyed that they've been interrupted. And it's, like, when I'm trying to have a conversation with myself and someone interrupts <laughs> me. That's um, that's you and I. That's the podcast. That is. Also, so since we're talking about memes, um, I, I'm, I, I feel like it's pretty common knowledge that I'm not a graceful person, right? Like... You have if you've many been, other amazing attributes, but yes, you are I, about as graceful as a uh, a baby horse. That's like the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Super Anyways, cute uh, and clumsy. <laughs> so I posted this thing on Zach's Facebook. Um, so obviously he wakes up before I do, um, and he's always like really quiet, tiptoes. And so I posted this thing. It says, "Me when my spouse is sleeping, I move in silence. I get dressed in dim lighting. Absolutely no noise. My spouse remains sound asleep." And it says, "My spouse when I'm sleeping, loud noises, lots of coughing, talking to themselves because they can't find something. Things falling in the closet. Lights are on. I am wide awake." So I posted that to Zach's Facebook, and he was like, "Which one are you?" And I was like, I'm, I'm the bottom one. Like, I'm, I'm the loud noises one. And he goes, okay, just checking. <laughs> He's like, we're like, about to have to throw down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I told him, I said, I, I try. I try to be quiet. I really do. But it's like the, the harder I try to be quiet, the louder I am. Yeah. Yeah. I just I feel can't. that. I, I, I can't. I don't know. I'm... The it's worst your cross. The it's your cross to bear. It is. Thank you for letting me get that off my chest. I'm glad that you got that off your chest. Would you like to talk about what's making you moody this week? Sure. You go first. Okay. First of all, we bought a new house in a really nice neighborhood. And um, the caveat to that is that there's a very strict HOA. So it's like great for house values, really shitty for anything you want to do outside of your house. So we're like, it's like a process to get a fence. And I've got like these two dickhead dogs. I mean, you may have heard of them, Rufus and Duke. And like they, like taking them out on a leash like eight times a day, like I'm pretty over it. Like I, oh, there's yeah, like 12 definitely. other things I'd rather be doing. Um, yeah. I would rather be doing the dishes than taking these dogs out eight times a day. So that's what that's what's making me a little moody. Like I understand the process. Uh, yeah, it sucks, and it's really annoying because guess who's home the most and gets to take the dogs out? And no. yeah, yep. so that's what's making me moody. You know, but it's uh, not, other than that, things aren't so bad. 
I I have two complaints. Um, I will go ahead and complain about my dog as well. Uh, I love him. He's cute. He's dumb as a box of rocks. He's very sweet. Yeah. He pisses on everything outside. And so we live in, in a military housing, but we're not on a base. Like it's, it's military subsidized housing. Does that anyways? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. We have a very small yard. Um, and Luke pisses on everything in it. So when you walk outside to water your plants, cause you have a garden going, you just get hit. And like, I try to, uh, uh, wash the the uh patio off it's a very small patio very small there's lots of shit on it so lots of stuff for luke to pee on like uh, things, you just get hit not actual feces oh, yes yes like yeah. uh like the like grill have... or the chairs yes. there we or go. Yep. their own kennels or the water dispenser that i have out there for them like he pisses on everything and it makes me mm-hmm. so mad um and then also it's making me moody so a couple weeks ago I went and I got an exam to get contacts. And for the listeners who can't see us because you're not Skyping with us, I'm wearing glasses right now. And looking fine. Uh, uh, my sister said I look like an old lady. It's fine. No, no you look I'm, like a hot feeling, old lady. Thank you. I'm feeling you're them. Um, so I went in and I got, uh, turns out uh, insurance doesn't cover contact exam, but I was like, that's fine. I'll just go ahead and put it out of pocket. And then I got a pair of glasses, uh, like they're, um, $49 for the frames and the, um, and the, it was like a deal they were doing. I was like, yeah, oh, sure. Girl, I'll get that a pair. Is a deal. Uh, well, hmm, we're getting, we're getting into the nitty gritty of things. Oh, you're right. This um, is what's making us moody. Go on. This is, this is, this is what's making me moody. So anyways, I'm doing it. I get six months worth of contacts. I do my my thing, and um, they're like, you have a mild astigmatism in one eye, which I I know. Um, and uh, they're like, have you ever worn contacts before? Yeah, a long time ago. Um, yeah, but I've I've worn them before. I used to wear them all the time. But then I was like, glasses. But glasses. then I have my other glasses, and those ones I don't wear those because they fall down my nose. And so I went and I got like the wire frames with the nose pieces that are adjustable, and these glasses are great. Anyway, so I'm getting the contacts. I get six months worth of contacts, and I get these glasses as like a backup to wear at night when I take my contacts out. Um, so the first. I put some, put my contacts in there and I was like, wow, this is great. I can, I can see a lot better than I thought I could. Um, cause I just kind of ignore my eye problems. Like, is it smart? No, probably not, but whatever. I like that uh, approach though to a lot of problems. Ignore it. It'll eventually yeah. go away. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, yeah. so about two days into wearing my contacts, uh, I start like my left eye, left eye. Yeah. My left eye. Uh, starts feeling like there's something in it. And I was like, well, maybe I like ripped the contact when I was trying to put it in. Cause I was trying to force it on my left eye. Uh, that's not what happened. So I take those out. I'm out with my mom a couple days later and I put my contacts in. I'm out with my mom. And all of a sudden, like, I just have this God awful, like feeling in my left eye. This is a new pair of contacts. So I take those out. Mind you, I got the biweekly. So it cost me almost $500 to go get co- glasses and contacts. Cause I had to get the I got six months worth of contacts and then this pair of glasses, right? Mm-hmm. So then I'm talking to my best friend and my best friend's like, yeah, if you have an astigmatism, you're not supposed to wear contacts. Cause the, and so I was like, what? That's weird. So I looked and I guess an astigmatism is the way your eye is curved. 
I have curved differently. Yeah. I have yeah. an astigmatism in, in one of these eyes. I can't fucking remember which one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I do some research and the way contacts are made, they're supposed to fit on the curve of your eye. And if you're, so my eyesight's not terrible, but it's not great. Like mm. it's not, not bad, but it's not great. It affects the way I see faces. Like everything's blurry to me, like the outside of it. I can mm-hmm. see it, but everything's blurry. Nothing has a hard line. Anyways, so I'm doing research and uh, yeah, it's like, oh, well, the way the contacts are supposed to be, they sit on your on your eye and they form to the way your eye is supposed to do whatever it's supposed to do. Doesn't even matter. So I go in to pick up my glasses and I tell the guy, I'm like, hey, it really bothers me when I wear my contacts in my left eye. And the guy's like, so they gave me the same prescription because once again, my eyes, it's not terrible, but it's not great. They gave me the same prescription for each eye. So then he's like, I told him, I said, I have an astigmatism in this one eye. And, um, my contacts bother me in that eye about an hour to an hour and a half after putting them in. And he goes, Oh, well you should have two separate prescriptions. And I was like, Nope, Nope. That's not what you guys told me. You told me that I needed, mind you, did I tell you that like this was all automated and I did the, um, my eye exam, like I did yeah, it. Didn't over- you do like a robot? Yeah. So he's like, you should have gotten two different prescriptions. I was like, that's not what you guys told me. You told me that because it wasn't bad. And he goes, well, there should be like a line on your um, on your contact and the way it fits or whatever. And so I was like, it doesn't have a line. It starts hurting. And I feel like something's in my eye. And he's like, well, maybe because your eye is um, getting used to the contact and it's not having to strain as hard. And I was like, this. he goes, well, there's two things we could do. We can bring you in here and give you another prescription for – the astigmatism or we can um get you signed up for for lasik because at, at some point um you know it, once you have an astigmatism once it gets to a certain thing certain way doctors won't mess with it or something like that and i was like so you're telling me that i just spent all this money on contacts for contacts that i can't wear and he's like well you can wear them you're just gonna have to get used to it and so then i put my glasses on yeah Oh, yeah. Put my glasses on. And all of a sudden, I realize I can see better out of my glasses than I can my contacts. Why? Because they're fucking separate prescriptions in each lens. And so now, I spent almost $500 for a pair of glasses and contacts. And I can't wear my fucking contacts. They won't exchange them for you? Um... I, he said that I could bring I could bring them the unopened ones back in. And I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. I'll just wear them at some point and I'll just come in and get another pair of glasses. I'll, I'll wear them like on nice nights out or whatever. But for the most part, I'm glasses bound these days. So you're like, I'm going to put my good eyes in for my day. Also, night. also I found my very first gray hair on my head. Honestly, like that's pretty old. Like being 30, wait, 31, 31, 31 yeah. and only finding it now. Like you're doing better than a lot of people. A lot of people find well, it earlier than that. I actually have a gray hair, uh, not on my head, but it pops up occasionally. Oh. Yeah. 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 Your body so, is aging at different rates, Rach. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. My vagina is getting old. Meanwhile, my head is staying young, minus the, the wrinkles. female curse. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what's making me moody this week. <laughs> Dude, like. 
that would piss me. You need to get the you need to get those exchanged. Like if, if they should have given you two different two different prescriptions, that's not that's not your bad. That's not your bad. But you know what? It's okay to be mad. Yeah. I just, it was just very, he's like, well, I'm looking at your prescription. Your prescription isn't that bad. Um, he's like, your eyesight's not terrible. He's like, I, he said he has close to the same, um, you know, eyesight as I do. And he's like, I notice it when I'm driving at night. And I was like, yeah, that's also when I notice it. And when I'm trying to like, I don't know, look and see what my kid has when they're in the kitchen and Lena's wielding like a 12 inch chef's knife that she pulled out of the sink, which has happened like four times this week. Whoa. Dude. I know why I have that one gray hair on my head. That's true. Kids do age you, bruh. They really do. Um, I named it Lennon. Uh, <laughs> and I named it Lennon. Not <laughs> Lennon as in, you know, L-E-N-I-N. Let's just be no. to our new listeners. We are not down uh, with that. No, we're talking no. John Lennon. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. The first time I found out you were naming her Lennon and I didn't have any context, I was like, what? And uh, I was like, you know what? Hashtag still going to be your friend. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm like the Ellen DeGeneres. Like, I'll like be that. friends with whoever. What did you think of that? Did you see the whole uh, people getting mad at Ellen DeGeneres for being friends with George Bush? I did. And I understand. But... I also don't know, like, I, I feel like my brain is flooded with so many things to be angry about that I've, I've just kind of shut down right now. Well, and not just it's, that, but it's yeah. like being angry at Ellen DeGeneres <clears throat> being friends with an ex-president or is it former president? I'm sorry, former president. Yeah. You know, um, that's a pretty shitty thing to get mad about. And it's like, but I, I thought it was interesting what she said, though, about how you can be friends with people with different points of views and yeah. political no, views. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I liked that. I was, like, here for it. Um, but but, but you know. also, a lot of people were upset about the things he used to stand for and that kind of stuff. People change. People change. You know what Weren't I mean? Clinton, didn't Bill Clinton sign some sort of, uh, like, Protection of, of Marriage Act back in the 90s? And now we're all, like, no clue. everyone's nope. cool with Clinton. It's like, you know, people do change. I mean, good God, yeah. I would hate for, like, everything I ever said or did 10 years ago to be broadcast. But then again, that is a risk you take in today's day and age. That is absolutely. <laughs> like having a fucking podcast. Yeah, that was... That's the thing we did. Luckily, only like three people listen, Rach, and we're good to go. And it's mostly our and moms. And they're our moms. It's our moms. <laughs> it's our moms. It's our moms. Again, there's C. Has mom listened yet? Two views. Nope. Mom hasn't listened yet. No, my mom either. So maybe it's like two other people. Rico and Emerald probably. Rico's coming to visit. What? Yes. That's I'm so exciting. I'm so excited. I told him Nobody's that. coming to visit me. Oh, now I feel bad. No, it's okay. Keep go ahead and just go ahead and like feel happy about for yourself. Let me just know. I'm just going to pour it on there. Rico's coming to <laughs> stay with us for a little bit. I don't know how many days. I'm going to prepare his guest room and then I'm going to leave the kids with him because they're also his children because, you know, we yeah. have a platonic three-way marriage. Uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so that this child is, support. that's what I'm saying. Like, where's my child support, Rico? I know you're listening. <laughs> you and our moms. Uh, but it's going to be a good time, though. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to take I'm, him I'm, to go see I'm, the Fiddler Crabs at the end of the pier. There's Fiddler Crabs I thought you were everywhere. going somewhere else with that. I'm going to take him to see. I mean, really, like. 
there's nothing that exciting in the town I live in. It's really just crabs. And I mean the water kind. Probably also the pubic <laughs> kind, but I don't know. We are near a military base. So that's true. Oh, Do you know what leap surgery is? Hmm. No. Is it where you can jump better than a frog? They do something to your tendons and your calf muscles and you can just like jump as high as you possibly can. Okay. Like the Michael Jordan. Okay. First of all, no. Second of all, why is that not a thing? Uh, that sounds way more fun than actual leap surgery. And, um, I feel like you've given this a considerable amount of thought because that was a very well thought out answer. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, Leap surgery. Yeah. Leap surgery. Okay. Let me see here. Is it an acronym? It is an acronym for. Okay. Well, you should have started with that. (laughs) It is called loop electrosurgical excisional procedure. They rid the cervix of irregular cells that are detected on pap smears. And some follow-up tests. You many times you don't even need anesthesia because your cervix oh doesn't my God. feel a lot. You just bloop. Uh, so yeah. So the story like I that. read it. It was it was in it was on Cosmo's website. Did you ever read Cosmo? Like I I read it when so- I was younger. But then once I got older, I realized that it's not. It's it's even though it's geared towards adults, it's really geared towards like younger adults who don't yeah, have like any college age women. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Like that. Although every now and again, though, I do find interesting articles on their website, though I don't I don't really buy magazines anymore. Um, Yeah, I don't either. So there was. (laughs) Which magazines do you read? Uh, Well, um, I ordered a healthy or eating well with recipes and stuff. Does that count? Yep. That's a magazine. Okay. Well, I haven't gotten it yet. And so then I contacted customer service and they were like, it can take 10 to 12 weeks for your first delivery. And I'm like, you guys fucking suck. Are you 75 years old? I have my glasses on and a gray hair. Absolutely. My magazines haven't arrived yet in the post. I mean, to be fair, it was like to be fair three dollars to be fair it was only three dollars for a 12 month subscription or a a one year subscription yeah because print publications are you know dying so they have become very affordable that said maybe i should start subscribing to some magazines anyway i found this article in cosmo and it was um about a girl um they they used her story to kind of highlight a problem that apparently a lot of people expect a good enough amount of people have experienced this that it needs to be looked at. Uh, leap surgery is, like I said, they try to get rid of the irregular cells on the cervix that could possibly be cancerous. Um, they use a heated wire. They stick it up in there and they go and they get part of the cervix off. And it's supposed to be um, like minimally invasive, blah, blah, blah. You go home. You're fine. Now, this woman. Do, do vaginas have zippers? Because I'm pretty sure I just felt mine zip up. I know. The idea of a heated wire going in my vagina Ugh, does make me kind of. No, okay. Go on. That's vagina. enough. That's enough. Um, have you ever had an IUD? <laughs> Yeah, fuck yeah. that noise. Yeah, that that shit God. was not fun. Um, let me but anyway. let me tell you a. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, no, you're don't okay. let me for, don't let me forget to tell you my funny IUD story. Okay, we'll get to that. But anyway, she this girl, college age student, went in, had a pap smear, 
blah, 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 gets the leap surgery and goes home. And she's like, I immediately kind of felt this sense of like something was wrong. And she went from being a like very easily able to reach orgasm uh, by herself and with a partner has not been able to. And this was 2010. Ooh. Has not been able to have an orgasm on her own with toys, with with partners, anything. And she went to like so many different doctors. And apparently this is like a problem where a lot of gynecologists they're saying aren't even aware that this is a possibility that can happen. Um, it took, it took her going to see a doctor across the country, um, who had actually started paying attention to the numbers and that this was happening to a number of women mm -hmm. and has actually like noticed that when you stick something up there and cut parts of it off, you can sever a nerve. And that's essentially what it did to uh -huh. her. Um, so yeah, anyway, that just like kind of blew my fucking mind and made me really scared because I mean, obviously like you have to do something if you have precancerous cells, like you've got to get yeah. rid of them. But I mean, the thought of, and I think the article shed a lot of light on how dismissive, and it's not all doctors. Oh, I yeah. Mean, there's, yeah, how dismissive. I mean, what was it? They were talking about in compare. So, so this is years and years where leap surgeries have been mm -hmm. performed. They talked about, you know, how fast they did the research to do a, let me pull it up so I don't botch this, about how, the male prostate or the prostate and the yeah. penis have been researched so thoroughly that the second they realized that there could be nerve damage in procedures done around the penis, they immediately were like, we have to find a cure. And that's when they did the first, hmm, where is it? <laughs> where is it? Here Sorry, we go. I wasn't laughing at that. Go on. No, you're okay. It says four years, four years after they realized that um, this was causing problems, prostatectomies uh, being performed could possibly cause permanent sexual dysfunction in men. They came up with a groundbreaking technique that spares the nerve. Very, very quickly, we found a way to make sure that men can have pleasurable sex. But I Absolutely think that, yeah. I mean, literally, she's like, people are telling me, she's like, well, I can't feel sex. So like, oh, okay, low libido. She's like, no, I'm telling you, I cannot have an orgasm. And when I do, she said when she did, it was like almost, almost unnoticeable and was accompanied by like abdominal pain. So like <gasps> fucking horrible. So I don't know the whole article. I'll probably share it on our Facebook page for the group. But, um, oh my God. Yeah. Lots of doctors just dismissing, um, you know, I believe it. Oh, a woman has painful sex. Well, that's that's fine. Whatever. Like, can you? Yeah, I've, I've told cool. this. I I've told this story, and I'm gonna tell it again. I had the IUD put in, and I had very painful sex. And the doctor told me it was probably chlamydia instead of looking at the fact that I was having all these issues. It's probably oh. chlamydia. Yes. Yes. That's what she said. I'm sitting here on the fucking, this isn't my IUD story. It's part of, it's the tail end of an IUD story. But yeah, I was in there and I was like, it hurts. To, it's painful to have sex. Like I, um, I'm having all these issues like I have with my IUD. And she was like, well, it's probably chlamydia. Like chlamydia causes painful sex, and I was oh, so yeah, I, that clearly goes straight so, to chlamydia. Well, so and then that's when she referred to Zach as my boyfriend. Um, and uh, were you guys married? Oh at yeah, the time? I was fucking. I was huh? Were you guys married at the time? 
oh yeah, we've been married yeah. for like three years. Yeah, not that and it so, makes a difference, but still, like, yeah, she's but yeah, she yeah. was super. She was super rude and dismissive, and so they were trying to remove the uh, my IUD, and they were using a cervical brush. And basically, what they did is they shoved it up my cervix, and they were twirling it around trying to catch what was left of the strings, and it was painful. It was super yeah. painful. And, um, she was like, we're going to go ahead and do that test that we talked about. Cause she sent Zach out of the room. And, um, so then afterwards, like in my super highly emotional state, I had to tell Zach that I probably had chlamydia and he was like, what? He goes, have you, have, have you slept with anybody since we got here? And I was like, well, no. Um, and he goes, then you don't have chlamydia. And yeah. you know what? Um, and so obviously I got the test back and it was clean because I had already been tested and we, uh, you know, um, we don't do do that kind of stuff. Uh, we don't go step out. We don't have time for that. We've never had time for that. Um, but anyways, yeah. And so she was just completely dismissive. And you know what? As soon as I got the IUD removed, guess what fucking stopped hurting? Yeah. I was furious. Like, it just made me so mad because she just grouped me in to, you know, instead of listening to what I had to say. And then, like, the whole having my IED removed thing was fucking awful. Like, it was the most – one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Mm. Um, and it, it really just um, – and so at one point, I um, I had, uh, had another – like, later on down the road while we are doing fertility testing and that kind of stuff, the uh, – um, the doctor was trying to, I was getting an HSG done, which they were putting dye up there to see what was going on. And she flat out asked me if I had been sexually assaulted. Um, because of the way, like I just was reacting to the way I was being touched because when they were removing my IUD, they literally, it, it was, they didn't give me anything. Um, they couldn't get it out with a cervical brush that, like I said, they just stuck it up there and they were swirling it around and like, I could, I could feel it. Like it was painful. Um, and then they used something else and then they had to use the cervical dilator. And so she brings out this God awful contraption and she's like, this is what we're going to have to use to spread your, spread your cervix open to see. And if you've ever seen one of the things, like I just started crying and Zach was in the room and I was holding his hand and I, I started sobbing and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Um, and so, uh, obviously, you know, it, it came out, but it just like, she just was so cold and uncaring about how I was feeling. And I was in there sobbing and Zach, you know, afterwards he was like, that was the hardest thing I've seen you. Th that was the hardest thing I've had to do for you was be there watching you sobbing and like, sprawled out on this table and she was they had like three or four other people in the room because it was they were doing a teaching thing and so here I am sprawled out on the table and all these people and like the the corpsmen that were in there were very nice but the doctor just gave zero fucks yeah and it was it was terrible like and so it just really uh muscle memory I guess and so anytime I go in for a pelvic exam or anything like that I'm very just freaked out yeah and yeah. it's not even like, even if I go in relaxed, like my body's like, nope, can't do that. I'm surprised so. they didn't give you anything. I mean, they didn't give me anything when they took mine out, but that was when I was in the emergency room and they had found out, yeah. I was, you know, all that. They, they took it out. Yeah. And I mean, it was the least painful thing about that day. Um, and they were very, I mean, it just depends on who you get. I mean, it's like the other day yeah. I went and I told the, uh, the doctor, you know, I've been on this antidepressant for so long and while it works really well at, 
managing my OCD symptoms, I've, I'm gaining weight and I'm having like sexual problems. Like it's really hard for me to get off. And she was like, okay. And she immediately came up with like, we're going to try this and that. And like, it was nice to like be told that like your mental health of course matters, but so does your like sexual health. health and that's like what they were saying in the article is they're like you know he said dr goldstein is the one that has really been pushing the research um to mm-hmm. find the connection between leap surgery and these sexual dysfunctions and he says he gets a lot of pushback from uh from other gynecologists because they're like um Dying from cervical cancer is horrific. We can write about how the treatment affects orgasms or we can write about how it saves millions of lives. He clarifies that he does not want to downplay the sexual ramifications of LEAP and that doctors should not Mm -hmm. perform the procedure too aggressively. But it's like like Dr. Goldstein was saying, you know, like, obviously we don't want women to die of cancer, but we can't sit here and be like, well, the alternative is, you know, you can either not have orgasms or you can fucking die. Like, I just feel like that's something that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's like, oh, women versus men, but I do like, it's just like how long it's taken us to come up with like a pill to help sexual dysfunction in women versus Viagra, which you can buy over the counter any fucking where you want to. Well, no, maybe not actual Viagra, but other names. Um, and anyway, like, I just, I found that that was really oh, yeah. scary to read. Because I was like, yeah, of course, no one wants to die of cervical cancer. But at the yeah. same time, you're taking away a woman's ability to enjoy sex for the rest of her life. And I don't think she should have to make that choice. Obviously, the doctors need to look at the evidence that's in front of them and come up with a way to do this surgery that's going to have less risk of that. So anyway, that was something I found really interesting. Um Another thing that I wanted to talk about and get your opinion on was Jamila Jamil, um, Tahani from The Good Place. We Tahani. Both, I, I love her. love her. Um, I mean, as you and I know, but maybe not everyone listening knows, she's like very um, an outspoken activist for improving, um, I don't know if she says body positivity, because uh, she said that's kind of like not her lane. I don't know. It got re- it got real woke, um, which I don't have a problem with. But at the same time, I think she's she's getting lost and trying to please everybody. Anyway, yeah. you know, she has the I Way account on Instagram where people talk about, you know, loving themselves in spite of what society deems to be a flaw. And I love it. You mm-hmm. know, especially when you have a daughter, you definitely start to think about what she's being shown and my favorite thing that Jamila Jamil has done is like call out all the Instagram posts from the Kardashians of the world who are like oh yeah I drink this skinny tea and that's why my waist is snatched instead of admitting that it makes you shit yourself yeah like on top of giving you blowout diarrhea and fucking intestinal (laughs) problems uh let's just be real about the fact that Kylie Jenner does not look the way she does because of a fucking herbal tea she doesn't even Mm -hmm. look that way from exercise she looks that way from a mixture of the top doctors in plastic surgery and nutritionists and I mean and the the whole thing with the waist shapers being like oh I got my waist to look like this by wrapping it up in really tight compression fabric like give me a fucking break and so for that I love Jamila Jamil but she posted on Twitter and I I didn't I saw an article about this I didn't I don't actually I'm I'm not good about checking Twitter it kind of confuses me and overwhelms me I hate Twitter yeah it's it's a lot um although I'd kind of like to start a Twitter feed called shit I say to my toddlers 
that would probably go over well on Twitter. Those are those are some of the funniest things I find um, yeah. off of Twitter are things that their people have heard their kids say. Okay, so or have said to their kids. Um, yeah. Basically, Jamila Jamil, who also was a model at one point. So I mean, she does say this from a place of actually having some experience in that industry. Um, she posts a video of a runway show. The women in the show were definitely not the textbook uh, model build that you would think of. These were like curvier, mm -hmm. heavier set women. And she was like, um, what did she say here? How about celebrating? Oh, wait. Nope. Wrong one. <laughs> she basically said, that, isn't, isn't this better to see than long starved, terrified teenagers? And she's referencing fashion models. Um, and so Sarah Sampaio, and I really don't know if I'm saying her last name right, is this absolutely like human perfection, gorgeous Victoria's Secret and fashion model. So she's she's like a probably specimen. an alien. Yeah, probably not a human. But like if she is human, she's a perfect looking one. And for that, good for her. She basically said, how about uh, <laughs> how about celebrating someone without bringing other people down? Calling runway models long starved, terrified teenager is extremely offensive from someone that is almost or is always preaching for body positivity. This just screams hypocrisy. Jamila responded with a fair point, explaining that she didn't say all models. And that the important thing to note here is that the vast majority issue with young girls starving themselves and using drugs and cocaine to control their weight to meet the very small sample size sizes, which anybody who's not familiar with what that Ugh. means, like one of the reasons why designers sometimes prefer very, very thin women to model their clothing is that you can make a size two dress and they're going to fit it. It's hard to make a different size outfit to fit a variety of body types. Like I get it and I don't. Like you see like oh, a sample wedding dress is generally going to be like a size two or a size four. So it's like of course to get them to get somebody to model, I need a thin woman who's going to fit into this without me having to alter it. Yeah. So anyway, um, what did you think about that? Do you think that she's tearing other women down when she calls out the modeling industry or do you think that it's valid? Um, I, hmm, I think it's valid because a lot of these, uh, a lot of these women, um, I mean, if you, and, and not everybody, it's not, and I think the industry is changing, uh, but it, it, you know, you see that they eat like carrots and air for their meals so they can fit what they need to fit. And that's not fair. Like, and so I think that it's showing, and I've noticed a lot of, uh, a, a lot of different, um, brands are starting to do, uh, they're being inclusive for everyone. Um, but yeah, I don't, uh, I, I love Jamila Jamil and, um, there are, but I, I feel like, um, and I've, I've never, I've never dealt with an eating disorder. Believe me, I'm, I promise you there's nothing, you know, um, <laughs> like your girl likes some fucking cookies. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, I love cookies. Um, oh, me too. Uh, but, um, I think that a lot of eating disorders ha stem from this whole, uh, culture of, of being ultra thin. They, you know, um, because that's what's, I mean, and I love it when, um, there are, 
celebrities who have, uh, you know, they do magazine covers and then they see the magazine and they're like, this isn't what it fucking looks like. Yeah. Like, uh, there was one that Zendaya did. Um, and I love her. I love her. Uh, I used to babysit a little girl. Um, and we watched, I the... thought you were going to say you used to babysit Zendaya and I was like, Whoa, what? No, no. I used to babysit the little girl and we would watch that show where they dance or whatever when she was a little girl. And, and I always, I loved her from there. I liked her little personality and, and stuff like that. Um, and so now she's become a, a front runner for, for body positivity. And I'm, I, I think it's important. And I think we have a very unhealthy relationship with food. You know how I feel about the food industry. Uh, I think a lot of it has to stem from that because we are as a society overweight in an unhealthy way. Um, and I'm not saying everybody like the, the body, uh, uh, the the BMI chart is not accurate. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different body types. You can't just uh, put them all into a a folder. You know yeah. what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? No, it makes total sense. Um, I agree. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And so um, a lot of that has to do with the food industry these days. And uh, everything kind of ties into economics. And I'm not going to get into it right now. <laughs> Rachel's like, are we ready? Not- Can I get on my soapbox? I know this is like your thing. <laughs> I, this is your thing. And I love that it's your thing. Uh, well, it's funny. So yesterday, Zach sent me something and it was talking about the different type of types of dyes that the United States uses and um, <clears throat> and how it affects all these different uh, in, in children and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a real thing. And I said, you want to be fucking shocked? How about you look at how Europe labels? Because Europe requires the labels to say, hey, this is what's in here. It might cause this. Be aware. And you know what the thing is? They're the same fucking food companies. Yeah, it's but just different legislation. Yep. Yep, it's different legislation. So it's all a fucking racket. Don't get me started. Um, I had something that I wanted to say. And I forgot what it was because well, I mean, y'all I, got me started. I, I think you food. bring up a good point about like, it's like Matt and I just like, and we're way behind the power train on this because I know you've been watching this for years, but like my 600 pound life, like we started watching it together. And as you yeah. know, Matt's definitely one of those people who like, it just has very little sympathy when, yeah. you, you know, he's just like, work out, eat real food. And fucking get on with your life. So he has, a, but I mean, so watching the show has been very eye opening for him. So a lot of it stems from trauma. A lot of you it know? stems from trauma. You know, like I would say 95% of, of those people have had some sort of traumatic experience in their lives. And the problem with um, having a food addiction is that you need food to live. It's not like alcohol. It's not like gambling. Like you don't have to have those things to continue living, but you have to have food. You have to have it. Um, and a lot. So uh, I, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but um, the food industry essentially biohacks our brains in the way that they I see that smile on your face. I, I see love it. I'm it. Getting into I it. No, this God is your thing. Damn it. Go for it. Rachel. God Get damn into it. it. You anyways. So um, I read the book Salt, Sugar, Fat. And honestly, I saw it at the library the other day. I went and um, so I went to the library. I got uh called perv it's a book on sexual deviancy um and and then uh i got one on how toddlers thrive 
because I'm in the throes of toddlerdom. And I, I do want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then I got another one called Wheat Belly talking about the modernization of uh, of wheat and um, how it's not the same wheat that our ancestors used to eat. And that's how in a whole it's affecting us on another level. Anyways, um, so salt, sugar, fat. Was it salt, sugar, fat or fat, sugar, salt? Anyways, there's this book by Michael Moss in the, at the library. I've read it before. Pretty sure I have it on Kindle, but I love it so much because he talks about how when the food industry makes food, they have, so obviously they get, they test the foods out and that kind of stuff. So they have like a scale of like super salty to moderately salty and they see where it, they have like, so 10 different samples of varying salt levels and they see which one's like right in the middle, the sweet spot. That's not too overly salty, um, to where you don't want to eat it or under salty to where you don't want to eat it. You just, it's just right. So it kicks off our chemical receptors in our brain and we're like, we need more of this. And it's that way with that's, that's how they make food. Like that is how food is made today. So if you're not shopping around the perimeter of the grocery store, that is what, you are eating science experiments. Now, that, listen, I love me some tortilla chips and salsa. So I'm not saying, like, this isn't me being like, hey, I'm better than you. I do all this and that kind of stuff. But I read about this kind of stuff, and it makes me help make it more informed choices. If that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. And so, uh like I had a really hard time buying ketchup the other day for the kids. Mind you, I just went and bought cookies for them to decorate, which I don't need. I didn't make them myself. I have no idea what's in them. So I'm a little bit of a, uh, what's the word? A hypocrite in that sense. Cause no, I couldn't buy. No, I am though, because I bought them these cookies uh, that they could decorate um, with. And it has like a, a decoration. It, they have a decoration tray. So it's got pre-made frosting and sprinkles and all that stuff. But then I couldn't buy ketchup because it's full of high fructose corn syrup and sugar. Like you it literally buy the says, ones that I, don't have have high fructose corn syrup. I know. Um, they didn't have it at that particular store that I was at. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it just really, oh, man, I wasn't gonna go there today. No, it's okay. You and my <laughs> sister could talk about this for hours. And the only and this is one of those things where it's like, I know this is a problem, and it's one of those things mm. where. I try to buy, like, I try to make good choices. I try to buy yeah. organic when I can. I try to buy uh, as many whole foods as I can. And then yeah. everything else I try to do in moderation. But at the same time, I also, I'm not above, and you know, a junior bacon cheeseburger once in a while. Is, oh, yeah, definitely yeah. not. Moderation is the key to everything. And so, like, um, I ended up, so I make a lot of, it, it, right now, we are in the throes of toddlerhood, which is why I have um, that book, How Toddlers Thrive. Like, kind of, I've read a lot of parenting books uh, recently just because I'm trying to be a better parent. Um, uh, my kids are really good. Yeah, you, know? you have good like, babies. I, I do. And, um, but we're in this, I don't want to eat thing. They want to eat what they want to eat, um, which is crazy. So, like, they don't eat pasta. And it's for no reason other than they don't like the fucking texture of any pasta whatsoever. So anytime I make a pasta dish, it gets thrown on the floor. Much like everything else that I'm making these days gets thrown on the floor, fed to the, the dogs. Um, but I we're, we're in this like picky stage. And so I just make sure I have healthy snacks 
just around. Uh, apparently, the kids can reach the apples. So yesterday, right before dinner, they had a half an apple each. And then Lennon grabbed the bag of apples off the floor and uh, or off the table, pulled them down onto the floor. She snuck off with one. Apparently, one rolled under the table. Zach's like, ah, she's got the, she's got it. And so um, picked the apples up. And all of a sudden, she's noshing on an apple. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, dinner is in 15 minutes. Stop it. They can't <laughs> so wait. So then I um, I get uh, – I take that apple away from her. And then Zach, like, five minutes later was like, I thought you took the apple away from her. I was like, I did. She squirreled another one away. And so we're just, you know – but they won't eat thing. they won't eat easy meals. Just they just won't. So I I make mostly everything from scratch, and it sometimes I just want to make some fucking macaroni for them to eat for lunch. Why don't you? <laughs> they won't eat it. Oh, that's right. But Your so, kids are anti pasta. I know. So I'm trying to teach you know, and I'm not forcing the food on them or anything. Like I'm teaching them self regulation because I want them to have a healthy relationship with food. I don't want them to turn to food when they're upset and be because that's that's how that kind of thing stems. Yeah, but it's a fine balance. Like Matt and I have talked about it a lot. It's like you don't want them to seek food as comfort in every situation, but you also don't want them to fear food. Because it's like, it feels like such a delicate pendulum between one eating disorder and the other. Like I, I grew up with like a pretty solid body image because I was thin and I knew I was thin and society told me that thin Mm -hmm. was good. So it was easy. Right. But my mom was told her like, you know, growing up and even in her adult life, you know, you could be a little thinner, you could be a little thinner. And so she had body image issues that she would bring up in front of us, you know, cause she's human and we all do it. I've talked bad about my, yeah, I've talked badly about my body in front of the girls before I've thought about what I was doing. And it's like, so, you know, my sister picked up on a lot of that because it's not, she was never like a fat kid but she was never as Mm -hmm. thin as me and so it's like you don't you don't intend to pass these things on to your kids because you know in our eyes our kids are perfect and it's like I look at my body and I'm like I can pick it apart but at the same time if my daughter looks exactly like me when she's my age I would think she was absolutely stunning because you know my body's like a normal healthy weight and I eat what I like to eat and I know how to like go have a good mm-hmm. time and like I'm, I don't like avoid certain foods because they're bad and yeah. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean like I have a healthy relationship with food on the outside I mean you know I've struggled with bad relationships with food in the past but mm-hmm. like these days you know so it's it's hard I think to teach them to be comfortable in their own skin because deep down most of us are not and, Absolutely. And most of us are still trying to, to figure it out. Like we're starting to figure oh, trying yeah. to figure out like how do I get the body that I want without being obsessive? Because there's there's well, also a thin thin line between like healthy eating and a healthy lifestyle and being obsessive about it. Absolutely. And see, and that's where I'm my own. So I'm still obviously trying to lose this baby weight and I I put on some grief weight and uh I, you know, I finally got my med situated. I, I found an endocrinologist to put me back on this one medicine that I've been asking and begging for to be put back on for like a long time, uh, since the twins have been born. That's how long I've been trying to get back on this medicine. It's almost two years. Yeah. A um, long time. 
And so I'm finally feeling evened out. But there, therein lies, like, I am my own worst enemy. Like, I sabotage the shit out of myself. And also, I really like wine and cheese. Yeah, wine and is, like, problem. wine's your thing. Like, for me, it's bread. I fucking love yeah. bread. Um, yeah, yeah. We all it's, have It's really thing. Yeah, and, and so, like, part of me, like, I don't – I try not to talk bad about – I want to be strong. I want to, you know, not feel – um, weak and that kind of stuff. And, and along with that, you know, I have to work out and stuff and, but I'm just fucking tired. I'm tired of like, it's, it's the whole not having time to myself. Like I have two hours in the evening where, um, you know, the from kids are like asleep. eight to 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you actually have time for yourself and it's like, well, and it's a fine, it's a, it's a, a very, uh, it's a very delicate balance. Like you said, everything's a delicate balance these days. Dude, everything is a delicate balance. Like it's so frustrating. <laughs> I'm it just is. like, I'm like, how do I teach my daughters that it's important to take care of yourself without making them obsessed with body image? Cause like just, yeah. you know, you want to be like concerned with your health and you want to take care of yourself and take pride in your appearance, but you don't want to be obsessive. And it's definitely not the most important thing. It's not more important than, you know, your intelligence levels or yeah. the things you do for others and all those things. But I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just, it's really hard. And it's Matt, you know, as a, as a man who was raised in a family with all boys, obviously with the exception mm-hmm. of his mother, um, you, you, when you don't have even a sister to like, it's really easy to not even think about this stuff. Like he was like, I, I wouldn't even think about how like, cause we were watching an episode of 600 pound life last night of a woman who like was pretty thin up until her twenties. And then, you know, because her family did the opposite instead of being like, eat whatever you want, get fat, whatever. They were like, you need to be skinny. You need to be skinny. So she had a very restricted uh, relationship mm-hmm. with food. And Matt's like, wow so for her it went in the opposite direction so you know now it's it's not anorexia that's killing her it's morbid obesity and I'm like yeah that's how how much it matters what you say to your kids and it's not just girls but definitely girls more than boys for sure I would say yeah it's definitely affects girls more than boys um absolutely so um what do you know about ghost sex Rach Other than scary uh, movie. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Right? Um, I don't know anything. I did uh, re- read an article about a woman who married a ghost. Yes. And oh, she's she, in this article too. She, yeah. And I think she divorced the ghost because she wasn't having enough sex. Okay. All right. So her ghost husband wasn't putting out enough. <sighs> Guess not. Okay. Well, okay. That's Anyways, still not the weirdest hear- thing you've ever told me. So that really just makes me happy to yeah, hear. That's- like I love that I have a circle of friends where I'm like, hey, do you want to hear the weird shit I found out? And y'all are fucking cheerleaders. And you were like, yes. Tell yeah. me this weird stuff that will make everybody, literally everyone else outside of your circle uncomfortable. Well, you know how I am. And I guys- just have a curiosity about everything that I'm like, tell oh, me yeah, the thing. Here. And if it completely fucks me up and I wish I hadn't heard it, okay, fine. But I, I feel like it's better to know things than to be ignorant. And on the subject of I ghost agree. sex, I think it's very important to be informed because this is a real <laughs> 
this is a real ish it's not okay I'm maybe it reading is about it right now Go i don't on. know maybe Spectacular. i'm being judgmental because i'm apparently not attractive that any ghost wants to have sex with me and so maybe this is just coming from a place of jealousy but spectrophilia has two definitions one is the attraction between humans and ghosts and the second is the attraction to objects seen in mirrors the two mirrors or the two meanings might seem vastly different at first but considering that the second definition refers to arousal brought on by something that isn't really there it makes more sense uh yes it is a real thing uh despite us not having definitive proof that ghosts exist because you know we it's a we're not saying can ghosts have sex with people we're saying can people think that they want to have sex with ghosts and yes yes they can um he says he's this is the guy who wrote this or the guy that they're talking to about this Mike Huberty, he runs a haunted tour company called American Ghost Walks. He says, uh, while firsthand accounts of sex with ghosts are rare, spectrophilia is alive and well when it comes to movie representation. There's the film Ghost, as we've all, many of us have seen. Uh, I mean, you've seen that, right? You've seen Ghost, right? What? You've never no, seen Ghost? I was I've like, what? No, I've seen it. I've seen it. Come on. That's like, I I learned so much at the tender age of probably 10 or 11. Ooh, Should not young. have been watching that. Too young. Pretty sure it was rated R, PG-13. That's too much Swayze. Um, That's too much. You cannot. And Demi Moore. It is a little bit. Anyway, they talk about that. And then apparently there's a horror flick that's like newer called It Follows. Have you seen it? And apparently a pretty big theme in that movie is ghost sex. And now I feel like I need to watch it for research. Um, uh, They're like, I've of course. I've heard of that movie. I haven't watched it. And I feel I like, don't do horror movies. I know. Neither does Matt. And I, I'm very particular about which horror movies I'll watch. I like spooky. I don't like gore. That's all. See, yeah, I don't like gory stuff. I... Well, I like I like gore, but I don't like it in scary movies. Like, if you were like Rachel, you have to watch a romance novel. Now, let's say you you had a choice to watch The Notebook, or let's see, what's one of my favorite goriest movies? Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. If you were just like Inglorious Bastards or The Notebook. Ten times out of ten, I'm going to choose Inglorious Bastards. Okay, so but no, 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 no. Time. I'm sorry. There's a flaw in your argument. First of all, you're obsessed with Eli Roth, so clearly you're going to choose a film that has Eli Roth in it. Second of all, okay. there's also Brad Pitt, Michael Fassbender. It's a Tarantino movie, Michael correct? Michael Fassbender. It, yeah, Fassbender. Okay. Who yeah. I all would right. Fassbender okay. right. anytime. So I feel let like me, this is okay. not a good let example. John Wick. Okay, the John Wick movies. Shoot them up. Little gory. Lots of blood. Choose those movies over the okay. notebook any day I feel like that's a little uh, more objective of you because I can't trust anything when you compare an Eli Roth movie to anything you're going to pick Eli Roth that's true you that's have a true. thing for Eli Roth and yeah was he I the like bear Jew yes, yes. yeah he was sexy in that movie oh okay so anyway yeah no it's sorry well um yeah apparently Kesha Explain to Ryan Seacrest on air that in her, that her 2012 song Supernatural, which I'm surprised I haven't heard because I really liked Kesha back when she was in her party girl, girl phase, was about a sexual encounter with a ghost. And in 1999, Lucy Liu spoke to US Weekly about taking a nap and winding up climaxing from, from ghost sex. Uh, 
And then there's Amethyst Realm. Not a dream. I was going to say, I mean, having an orgasm in your sleep is is not uncommon and you could have been dreaming about a ghost but like a little bit more common if i'm you know i'm saying like i said this no work this just upsets me because if ghost sex is real like why do no ghosts like me what's wrong with me am i not deserving of ghost love you are Oh, okay. She made out with the ghost. How do you make out with a ghost? That's what I'm saying. I need more details. I need to know what these people experienced to make them think (sighs) that. What they experienced was not a fucking uh, delirious, like, sex dream. Or they were doing any sort of hallucinogen and thought they saw a ghost. Not that I'm saying that ghosts are real or not. Because I don't know. I'm just saying that... Um, we need more proof. All right. We need more proof and we will need to research this further for science. There we go. Oh, speaking of which, um, the book that you and I, or that you told me about that, that Alicia told you about, I went ahead and I bought it. Bonk by Mary Roach. Which one? Oh, is it good? It's very good. And Mary Roach is, um, she's written a couple of other books. She's not like a sex researcher primarily. That's just that Uh book is about the science of sexuality. And I, and you know, that that's kind of like my food industry. Like I, that shit is so fascinating to me, but she also wrote a book called spook. It's like science and the afterlife, which I bought and I haven't gotten a chance to read. And as soon, maybe there's something in there about ghost boning. Maybe Maybe. I am doing this thing right now where I'm just adding a ton of shit to my Amazon cart. Oh, I do that sometimes. I will go through those BuzzFeed articles where they're like 50 things on Amazon that you need to clean your house. And I'll put them all in a in a wish list and then never buy them. Although there's been like two or three things yeah. I bought and they have actually indeed been very, very good. Um, also, the lady that you are thinking of, what her name was Amethyst Realm, the British woman who went viral for claiming to have had sex with 20 ghosts and getting engaged to a spirit. So anyway, yeah, I mean... Th- we yeah. just, you know, in the Halloween spirit, you know, if you find yourself falling in love with a ghost, be sure of a few things, all right? First of all, are they being faithful? Or more importantly, are they being loyal? Because maybe you're non-monogamous with your ghost, but are they still loyal to you? Uh, second of all, what sort of like beliefs do they have? Because there's some really sketchy social beliefs that we've we've definitely come a long way from that your ghost may still think your ghost might be racist, you need to make sure that you're not dating a racist ghost or a sexist ghost. That ghost might think you don't have the right to vote. Speaking of oh God. differing views. Um, so we had some people over on Sunday for football. Uh, friends of ours from Guam. Guam. And uh yeah, and so uh, my mom had a date with a gentleman, and she said, hey, when I get back to the house, we're going to have some people over. Uh, and he said, why would anybody want to come over to someone's house that has kids? He doesn't He doesn't have kids. Yeah. Uh, they had a great time, but he doesn't have kids. And, and so he made a couple of comments like that. Like, I don't understand why anybody would want to have kids. Why would somebody want to be friends with someone that has kids and, like, it might be a deal breaker because uh, yeah, obviously think, she's like obsessed with her grandkids. I mean, yeah, I just I'll never yeah. understand people who like I 
having children is not for everyone. Not everyone it's should not. have children. Nope. There are a lot of people who have children uh-uh. who probably shouldn't have children. It's it's, it's I agree. So it's a nice little cycle. and vice versa. There are people that don't have children that should have children. Yes. I'm not saying I'm telling them what to do, but you know what I mean. You should have some babies right it. now. But like, yeah. I, I don't understand people who don't like ch- – now, there's a difference between disliking children as a whole and, like, really never wanting to be around them, like what it sounds like your mom is dealing with, and someone who's just like, I don't want to work in mm-hmm. childcare or be a teacher. That's me. Like, I love my children, but, like, I'm definitely not somebody who, like, wants to work with children on a daily basis. Like, yeah, it's just – it's not for me – I just, I don't have, you have to have a lot of enthusiasm for that. And that's why certain people make Uh amazing teachers and amazing coaches and amazing, you know, social workers and stuff. And, and, and some of us just aren't cut out for that. It doesn't mean that I dislike children. Obviously I care very much about my own children and I would do anything to help out a child that needed help. But I do find it very off-putting when someone like flat out just, really doesn't like kids as a whole. I think it's very bizarre because you yeah. were once a child. Yeah. Uh, I also, I agree with you there. Um, it's very so that was to me. I don't like it. Um, yeah. Well, I just – I said, you know, have a good time. Have a good time with it. Um, obviously, he's not going to be my new dad, so. <laughs> <laughs> Are you my dad now? Are you going to be my new dad? I've been looking uh, for yeah, a stepdad. So- the ripe age of 31, <laughs> I need a father. Um, I, yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a something okay. to think about. I think, yeah, you don't have to want to have kids. You don't have to want mm. to work with kids or parent kids or be a godfather nope. or a godmother to kids. But, like, the literally godfather. not wanting to be in the presence of children to me. Like, I mean, it's, it's just going to someone's house for the afternoon and it's someone that you claim that you want to be in a relationship with, right? He wants to date your mom. And it's like, it's pretty wildly apparent that your mom is absolutely enamored with her grandchildren and loves being. Yeah. She's watching them right now. So I can do this. She loves it. She's so happy. The same thing with like my, my parents and Matt's parents, like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. like that was their favorite thing. I can't imagine my mom. Not wanting to be. Yeah. yeah, my mom wouldn't want to talk to somebody who was like, I don't like your ki- grandkids because kids are stupid. Like, you were a kid once, all right? Like, yeah, we're you, you were that stupid thing next- that licked the wall. Yeah. yeah, you were probably way dumber than my mm-hmm. kids because my kids are fucking smart. Yeah, Lennon uh, put all the plates in the sink this morning um, without me asking her. She just went and did it. Oh, that's really nice. So I was like, yeah. So speaking of the kitchen... Um, like I said, I, we've talked a little bit about it. Don't know if it's the antidepressants or, uh, what, but I'm like 50 shades of amazing right now. Like I feel, feel amazing that and I want to, I, I want to cook and bake all the things. So I got a wild hair. So I've been baking bread and I got a wild hair that I wanted to make sourdough. Do you know what sourdough bread entails? I know it has to have a starter, which is why I've never attempted it. Do you know why it's called sourdough? Because it's sour and stinky. So uh, I have a sourdough starter in my kitchen. And I started one like a week ago, two weeks ago, and I didn't know if I was doing it right. So I threw it out and I started a new one. Talked to my grandmother, asked my grandmother what to do. She was like, yeah, you're doing it right. So anyways... 
Um, Zach. So we had people over on Sunday. Zach's like, "Are you gonna Are you gonna put that starter somewhere? Like, it fucking stinks in here." And I was, <laughs> I was like, "Uh, no, like, yeah, I'll put it in the fridge. I'll put it in the fridge." But the thing is, I did not put it in the fridge because I don't want to fuck anything up. Like, I get like this is my first venture into sourdough making. So, anyways, I threw that first starter away and I made two new starters and they're in the kitchen and the kitchen smells like fucking gym socks. Like week old gym socks nope. in a yeah, it's it's fucking bad. It gets better. So, uh the last time I fed them was Saturday. It's Wednesday. I fed it today. You're supposed to feed it every um so what you do is you take half of it, you discard half of it and then you put a new half of it into another thing of water and flour. So basically it just has like you're feeding it and it's supposed to double in size. And then you just add part of the starter to whatever it is you're making. It takes anywhere from five to five to nine days to make a starter. Okay. That's a long time to have a stinky. So last night yeah. we're sitting in the living room and Zach's like, you know, that sourdough starter doesn't smell as bad as it's been smelling in the past couple of days. And I said, Oh, that's cause I haven't fed it since Saturday. And he goes, Rachel, I swear to God, if you don't feed that sourdough and you start over again and the house smells like farts for another week because you didn't follow through with it. I'm going to be so mad. He's going to withhold like, the peen from you. <laughs> he's going to hold out. He's going to withhold sexy time from you. That's the next step here because nobody no. finds that to be a sexy environment. If my house smelled like no, farts, really no one would not. be having any of the sex. It's so, it's so bad. Like, <laughs> so I fed it today and we'll see how things go. And then once you like get it to where it needs to be, you can put it in the fridge and then just pull it out like a day or two before you want to use it. Uh, but yeah, so, um, that's a, that's a venture. He's like super supportive in everything that I'm doing. Like everything. Also, we got our fucking Halloween costumes. Do you want to say what you're going to be or do you want to wait? I do. No, I do. So uh, two years ago, there was a Saturday Night Live skit with Tom Hanks um, called David S. Pumpkins. And I was going to be the dude for Halloween, but Zach and I, Zach, we're going to a Halloween party in Vegas um, this weekend and uh, it's mandatory costumes and Zach didn't know what he wanted to be. So he was like, what if I was David S. Pumpkins? And I was like, oh my God, I could be a skeleton. I still really wanted to be the dude, but I took one for the team and he got a David S. Pumpkin suit, three piece suit, tie, pants, jacket. And I got a skeleton costume and a, an Albert Einstein uh, wig. And I'm going to be a beat boy skeleton. You can find the link on our, we'll post the link to our Facebook page yes. because I just feel like everybody needs to see this. And I tried it on. I tried on some of the um, girl, the girl ones and they were just like super skin tight cat suits. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I don't want to wear anything skin tight. Yeah. Anything. No, I, I, I got, I feel you. I want to be like silly for Halloween too. I'm but, like, fuck but it. Also like all of the women's costumes are so sexualized. So I went into party. I couldn't find anything I wanted at, um, spirit so we went into i went into party city and i was like i want that one up there and the guy was like did you did you want like the women's one and i was like nope i want the men ones the men's one because i want to be as unsexy as possible i want to have fucking fun with it yeah and he was like okay like he was super cute i kind of got the vibe he was he was like i mean he Wait, was like a little over he, overly nice was he putting out the vibe i i kind of got that vibe and i was like still I mean, maybe got it just, girl 
he was really nice. He was like, hey, can I help you with anything? Like, I don't know. Maybe he's that nice to everybody. But he was pretty nice to me. Is this what it's like when guy when girls, you know, say hi to a guy and they're like, he wants your nutsack? Oh, yeah. Like, she talked to me, so she wants to suck my dick type thing. See, that's kind of how I'm wondering. But then I'm like, maybe I'm not just an asexual blob these days. You are not. You're a hachi-machi. I, I think so, at least. Thank you. Would bang. You're getting paid. I'm technically you're, you're not paid. getting paid yeah. anything to do this. So it's all from the heart. That's fair. Do you want to talk God, about... Oh, I love you so much. God, you keep me young. What's that what she said in the Mean Girls movie? <laughs> that's who I should be for Halloween. The fucking mom from Mean Girls because that's me now. Rico sent us that video of... I don't know how old she was. We'll just say middle-aged. Some middle-aged woman drunk at a bar making out with a college-aged boy. And he was like, huh. And then it turns up camera pans to his friends who are completely disgusted. And I was like, that's my nightmare. If I get to that point, you better give me a fucking intervention. Not that, and see, that's the thing. is like, there's nothing unsexy about middle-aged women. They're totally sexy too. But just the thought of being so unaware <sighs> Like, you need to be self-aware enough to know if they're laughing at you. And those immature little fuckboys were laughing at her. And I was like, that's my nightmare. I mean, it's one of my nightmares. There's so many. It's too many to count. But that one. The trick, the trick is to take him home, show him how to have a good time, and stick a finger up that butt. Oh, okay. He's going to go to his friends and be like, she found my G-spot. Consensually. Yes, definitely consensually, yeah. nothing ask unconsensual. Before you put your finger up a man's butt. That's That's right. And sometimes he'll say, No, you're drunk and you need to go to bed. That sounds personal. That sounds like it happened to you. What? What? Huh? Huh? Do you want to nope. talk about what? since we're talking about being asexual plant blobs as we you know, progress into our fucking thirties and not even though there's a lot of hot 30 year olds let's just be clear make no mistake that is I'm not, not us. yeah that's uh, the moody broads uh, uh. we're here to entertain <laughs> um you were talking yesterday about how a lot of people are posting you know it's it's almost the end of the 2010s let's post your glow up and you were like <laughs> yes. what do you do if you haven't glown up and i was like and i'm just going to say now this is going to someone's going to steal this it's called the dim down all right that's the name of this episode. I dip down so fucking hard. Yo, same. My body in particular dimmed the fuck down. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay because I have so many other gifts. I can't even say it. Fuck. <laughs> I bake really good bread. And I love to watch movies with a fluffy blanket. But my body ain't tight no more. And that's what we call oh, the dim no. down. It's, it's called uh. you have a couple kids. You eat a little bit too many complex, wait, nope, refined carbohydrates. And, uh, you know, things just ain't toy no more. It's called the dim down. Copyright that shit. Should we post pictures of our dim downs? Oh, dude, I don't know if I really want to. Because, like, you know, if you're really careful, you can really curate a false image so... of yourself on the Internet. And I feel like I've done a pretty good uh, job of, of only posting pictures of myself when I've put considerable okay. effort into my appearance. I don't know if I need people to see what an actual swamp troll i can be uh that's totally fair no, we can, um, we can totally i'm post our dim downs it's, it's the dim down let's make it a thing let's take it back so we're gonna make it cool drunk, to let yourself drunk go 21 year old rachel wise 
Oh my gosh, you're so adorbs. The dim Look down. How cute I was. Oh my god, I dim down so hard. It's fine though because I have beautiful kids. I give less fucks. I really enjoy wine. Um, I my cooking game fucking upped, yo. Dude. It is upped so goddamn hard. I got a cook. I checked out a cookbook from the library. So they have a bunch of cookbooks, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna keep checking out cookbooks and trying new shit. And killing it. I I love the yeah. library. Oh, I love the library too. I but I'm it. I'm re- I kind of have to just stop with the library because I'm one of those people that never returns their books on time, and I end up spending a lot of money to use what should otherwise be a free. Uh, That's fair. Service. Um, I will say, you know, as my body has become less attractive, my cooking skills have gone up. And right? yes, as Here as yeah, as things have physically deteriorated personality wise, I'd say I'm a lot more enjoyable than I was when I was 21 years old. Um, I absolutely am as well. Yeah. So you know what? It's just it's a trade off. Do you want me to be cute or enjoyable to be around? Because there's no both. There's no both. Never. I mean, there, there is. It's just not gonna happen with me. So anyway, yeah, that's the dim down. That's that's our thing. We doing our. Uh, you can have a glow up. We had a dim down. You know, I feel as I'm. You know, I literally like the older I get now, and I realize I'm not that old. I I get it. I just have two gray hairs. One yeah, on my crotch really and one young. on my head. Yeah, it still is, and I look back at like. When I, when my mom was 31 and I was like, wow, she was such an adult. And then me, like she said something about, uh, she, uh, what did she say earlier today? She said something that wasn't dirty, but I made it dirty and I giggled cause I am an adult and I'm like, this is, this is who I am now. This is me. And God, uh, I want to say she, she said I spilled everywhere or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> or no, she said she missed the hole. She missed the hole. She spilled everywhere and she missed the hole. Uh, And you have uh, the sense of humor of a 12-year-old boy, as do I. So it's okay. Absolutely. Humor's not sophisticated and that's just who we are. Yeah. But I'm a lot funner than... um, Are you more funner? (laughs) I'm way more funner. Way more funner. I'm looking for for my dim down photo. But um, so we haven't... um, What there There was something that I wanted to discuss that was important to me. Oh! Oh! Oh, oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. We know I have a thing about aliens. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, they're they're real. They're out there. Well, yeah. Anyways, this story has me fucking shooketh. So, you know how BuzzFeed does those um those things where they're like, tell us your scary stories or whatever. I read a story about this couple. They live in the woods. And um, they have, like, a bunch of acres and their dogs, you know, good dogs. Uh, there's if you, if you are a dog owner, you know that there's a different bark between, hey, what are you doing out there? And I will fucking tear your goddamn throat out. Yep, yep, yep. yep right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, they said that they love to watch nature documentaries. And one night, so they live, I think, in Montana or Wyoming or something. They live on in the middle of nowhere. And they have these dogs. And the dogs are, you know, they can go out and do whatever. So they're watching a documentary. And a cougar or a wildcat or something, whatever, pops up on the documentary. And the dogs go fucking crazy. So they're like, okay, well, they've definitely seen one of those before. Because they never act like that. They they watch the TV with them and then... um, uh. 
you know, like they've never reacted that way towards anything except for this, this particular documentary. Yeah. Right? They were like, wow, this is super creepy. You know, there's wild cougars or whatever near our house. So anyways, they're watching ones about aliens. Okay. 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 And the, like little alien man pops up on the screen and the dogs fucking lose it and about knock over the TV screen. And they're just sitting there staring at each other like, holy fuck. Aliens could have come down in the middle of the night and the dogs could have seen them and were none the wiser because they only acted like that towards things that they perceived as threats. <laughs> they know. Whoa. They know what's out there. Fucking it had me. I was thinking about it last night. Like it had me fucking shooketh. You look really nice right now. Oh my God. So do you. Your skin is glowing. It's the glycolic acid feel. Thank you. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Once a year, I give good advice. Well, Most of the time, it's horrible. Absolutely just abominable advice. Is abominable a correct word to use when you're not talking about snowmen? I think so. Yeah. I give awful advice, but when it comes to skincare, I'm obsessive and have figured a few things out along the way. That said, I did decide to put off actually making a career out of it and not go back to school right now for aesthetics because look, you know, the thing is like, as much as I love like being weird and talking about like weird shit and ghosts, ghost sex and stupid aliens you know dim down yeah aliens like at the heart i'm a very corny suburban mother and there's a part of me that was very sad about possibly not seeing my kids pretty much all day for three days a week i was just you know if it was for a job um where i was making an income it might be different right this was going to cost me money to be away from my children so i don't know i mean you know i just i'm a very i'm a very confused human being i don't know who i am i'm still trying to figure out what i want to be when i grow up um same here yeah being an adult isn't linear we don't all have the same path sometimes we take little squiggly lines to end up where we're supposed to be i'm telling you ain't, ain't that the truth well rach um i think we should probably wrap it up so that we don't get chlamydia um Okay, yes. That was a dig. I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. Wait, what? Chlamydia. What did you say? You probably have chlamydia. No. Yeah, probably. But I want to say that I went to this grocery store the other day and I bought a fuck ton of beer okay. on Sunday okay. for football. Like, I grabbed, like, two cases and Zach was like, make sure you get enough for everybody. So I was like, that's not going to be enough. Because I didn't know how many people were coming over. So, anyways, doesn't matter. I'm in the checkout line. And I give the gal my ID. And I was like, here's my ID to prove I am of age to be drinking. And she said, yeah, okay. She was like, girl, I know. I I can't remember the last time I was carded. So, I feel that pain. Yeah. I was just like, what? What? And so, then I went to the next store and I gave her my ID because I went to the military store, the, the next, um, the military, like little, you know, anyways, yeah. you have to show your ID and she didn't even look at the back of it that has my birth date on it. She just looked at the front and matched my picture. And I was like, I see you. Damn. Shot through the heart. Twice in one day. We old as fuck. Well, not really. We're not no. actually old. We just have old souls. Do we? That's right. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And then, like, it's fine. It's fine. It's it doesn't matter. Fine. Anyways, everything's let's fine. Let's go be productive. Yes. 
I'm going to go do other things that I needed to get done today that I've been putting off because I was like, we have to record today. So like, I can't do any of this. So, and by things, I mean laundry because my life is very exciting. I have to do that too. Anyways, it's fine. It's all fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. And I'm fine. You're fine. Um, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah, also, thanks for listening. follow us on the social meds. Um, leave us a review on iTunes because it's actually yeah, do that. very, very helpful. But don't leave us a bad review because it's fucking rude and we have fragile egos. But just like good reviews, go for it. Super fragile. Super fragile egos. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, friends. Bye. Bye.